Wow. And so that I know that's why I was like, I cannot believe these went viral and it took me little time to make when the ones I spent hours yeah. buying costumes, buying wigs. But you know, that's just how it goes in the social media world. It's so weird. Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius. Conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Uh, All right. Well, so this is the second, I think you're going to be, Karen, the second episode in the row that we've had where um, it has not started with my colleague, Mike Marshall, yelling out my last name. So, you know, for what it's worth... um, that's just I'm I'm going ahead and acknowledge that for our audience, uh, both both members of our audience. Um, but I have with me today uh, Karen Cass, who I suspect some people in my audience are going to know because um, we have a lot of uh, uh, teacher uh, related folks uh, in the in the um, client base. Uh, but Karen Cass, for those of you who don't know, she is an actress. Uh, she is an improviser. Uh, she is very much in a comedy vein, and oh, by the way, she has uh, 2.4 million, am I right about that? 2.4 million uh, followers on TikTok, and hundreds of thousands on Instagram and various other places. So uh, so anyway, welcome, Karen, to It Doesn't Hi. Take a Genius. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, I am tickled to death. Uh, we we got to know each other on a, a project we were both uh, a little bit a part of uh, for Porsche. And, um, and I just, yeah, like the longer I got to know you, the more I was like, man, she's really cool. And then the last time I saw you, like you just sort of casually dropped into the conversation. Yeah, I went viral. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I've had things spin up too, sure. You know, I've I've had tens of hits, you know. And I would hope that that came out naturally instead of me being like, by the way, I'm a viral person. <laughs> you, it it was so natural because uh because I basically had to pull it out of you bit by bit, like yeah. you what happened? And yeah. then finally realized, you know, what uh you know what what the story was here a little bit. But I'm actually uh really interested to learn, you know, sort of more about how this all went down. So so I, I guess let's start by saying you are part of the improv theater troupe uh, Dad's Garage, which is based in Atlanta. Like you've been there almost, I think, almost three decades, right? A uh, big part. Uh, of- I wish I was there three decades. I would have started at seven well, years yeah. old. But yeah, but Dad's is definitely, yeah, they started in 96. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would be an improv genius. Yeah, <laughs> really good. But I actually started there in 2010. So um, I guess this summer will be, what is that, 13 years? Wow. And yeah. and was that like uh, a transition from another uh, line of work that you dropped into that or? So um, I graduated college with a bachelor in, um, uh, bachelor of arts in theater. And then um, when I came back home, I auditioned for this thing called the Unified Auditions in Atlanta, which I just found out I don't think they do anymore. But anyway, it's where you can audition for all the theaters around Georgia. And Dad's Garage saw me. They invited me to an improv for actors class. And huh. then after that, the rest is history. I started that class in 2010 and I am still with them today. Wow. So I, I have to think that is fairly rare for um, an, an actor to go straight from I got training in theater to a theater hired me for further training to they've kept me around to 
do gigs the whole time. I mean, it it was amazing. I, I will say, I mean, it's not a full time. It pays my full bills type of job. I mean, yeah. that would be amazing if we could be full time improvisers. But it, you know, after a while, I did. I was able to start teaching classes. Um, and then I got on ensemble, and then you start getting paid for shows and doing gigs. So over time, like it's it really has helped me tremendously. And yeah, it was a huge honor to be able to be plugged in pretty quickly after college. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I had a, a drama teacher in high school, and um, she came from a family that had been involved in in acting, and you know, it was just to get a gig, you know, was you yeah. know, she always talked about to get a gig was a blessing, and she had a, I think it was her. Her father, um, his cemetery is in Cincinnati, where his his we get he doesn't have a whole cemetery. He actually just has one grave in the okay, cemetery. I was like, wow, he owns a cemetery. Yeah, he's really <laughs> special. But um, in Rain Man, there's a scene that sort of like goes over top of the cemetery, and the the family joked like, you know, he finally made it into the movies. You know, he finally <laughs> did it. But, so so like just all, all that work to to be getting all that work uh, seems awesome. And I know there are some of our audience members who are saying, what are we doing talking about this on a workplace podcast? Right. So I have three things that I really wanted to cover with you. And, and the first will, will maybe be sort of self-explanatory to answer that question. Right. Um, you, you have found a, a niche. You have, you have come up with an audience that I mean, they, they like you so well that not only are they, you know, sharing and following you and all that, but like, you're, you're going to be on a cruise for, uh, for a, for a teacher thing, uh, next year. Right. So could you just give us a little bit of the background of like, sort of how this thing spun up to where you, what you've done is you have found a, a market, an audience, and you have engaged that audience and everybody who listens to this podcast is trying to do the same thing in their industry. So I, I would just love to hear the, you know, the improv actors version of what that looked like. Right. Yeah. I, well, when the pandemic started, which we can all relate to in 2020, um, because I was a freelance actor, uh, I lost every job, oh, everything yeah. I had lined up for the rest of the year. Um, and so I started the app TikTok, um, mainly out of, uh, boredom and trying to just keep entertaining because that's all I did anyway. Yeah. Um, and so I started it not meaning for it to be anything but that. Um, eventually, I started gaining an audience. And um, this was the first time, mind you, that I started doing things on my own rather than with a group of people. Oh. Um, I've never done like solo comedy. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've always wanted to do. So I really started enjoying it. I started doing these rom-com series and these like 80s <laughs> movie spoof series and I had a blast. And um, <clears throat> I guess around September, I decided I'm just gonna do a random character. And up until that point, I didn't talk in my videos. I was just kind of nervous about it. I don't know why. I decided to do a teacher character because my mom was a teacher for decades and oh. I had inspiration from it. And I was a student forever, so let me try this. I did a 10, it took me 10 minutes to film it. I went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and that video had over 500,000 views, the most views I have ever had. And I was completely overwhelmed. I had no idea what was happening. So from that point on, um, my followers, it just started skyrocketing. I started getting comments, messages. And so I thought, okay, 
let me go ahead and try another one. So then I just kept riding that train and through that time from September, 2020 up until now, I've just built this huge audience of students, which is most people, if rather they, if they've been one or if they're one now and then teachers. And then it's, I started posting on Instagram. They all went to Instagram. I started posting on YouTube. They all went to YouTube, Snapchat. And so now I just have this whole network and system of teachers and students that follow me. So let me, I, I want to back up because yeah. I, I think the way you describe that's really interesting. You, you had always done the group stuff. That's dead. Mm -hmm. And you really wanted to grow in this other area. So you thought you'd try some right. stuff and, and that kept you entertaining. It kept you fresh, I guess, kept you, you know, your skills sharp. Maybe uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm putting oh, yeah, definitely. that's okay. And, yeah. and then, um, you didn't hit pay dirt right away. You, you had, but all, honestly though, like the rom-com stuff, oh gosh that might be my favorite like the, I, the the bartender guy like that oh that killed me you watch those oh my gosh yes. I had so much fun doing those um it took me I'm not kidding six to seven hours a day to film one oh, but I had God. so much fun doing it um because I told myself I only want to post stuff that I enjoy doing and um and I built an audience for that and I was actually doing lives where I would put wig wigs on and the people watching would give me character ideas. And then I would just improvise on my oh, lives. Geez. It became like a, almost like a Karen Knight live for <laughs> once a week. And it was a blast. I had so much fun. Um, so when the teacher thing hit, it kind of, it overwhelmed me so much because it kind of pushed in a whole new audience. And um, oh. it, it, it definitely changed my world. And that's when I realized I could get paid for TikTok. And I had no idea. So, uh, that I got to say one other thing though, about the early stuff, um, yeah. was that in the time frame that you did the, um, there was like a, there, there's a, an eighties movie spoof that was like a synthesizer soundtrack yeah. from a dude that's on YouTube. I can't remember his name. He's really clever. Oh, oh yes. I actually did that. Oh man. I should know his name. Um, I actually did that a few months ago. Oh, so that's relatively new. Okay, because I was going to say, that's really good. Thank you. So honestly, the teacher stuff I love doing, yeah. but I would love to dive into more of the like 80s nostalgic, like, oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, my, my, uh, it's, I'm, I'm way too chicken. Um, I don't like it. I just want to watch light things, but my wife uh, somehow got talked into watching Stranger Things, which she's not a geek, oh. so I don't know how that happened. But like uh, after, you know, I'm like sitting in the background, listening to it, doing other stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's why Kate Bush's running up the hill has been, you know, so big deal. Anyway, that's nothing to do with this. But yeah, like it, so it, it pushed in a whole uh, a whole new audience. Yes. And you basically had to, as you say, ride that train. So what what did ride that train look like? Um. Well, I just kept posting teacher videos. That's. From that point on, for a long time, all I posted was teacher stuff. And was it still taking like six hours a day to film? Oh, that's the craziest part is I would just get a teacher idea. Um, like, you know, um, teachers, when you're, when you're late to class, something as simple as that. And then I would just get in front of a camera. I would improvise for about 10 minutes. 
and then I would cut and edit my video and total time, maybe close to an hour and then I'd be done. What? And so that, I know that's why I was like, I cannot believe these went viral and it took me little time to make when the ones I spent hours yeah. buying costumes, buying wigs, but you know, that's just how it goes in the social media world. It's so weird. And and did you, were you having two-way communication with the new audience? Like, you, you know, you were talking about, you would do the live stuff, um, you know, with wigs, but, but once you, once the teachers and the students found you, mm -hmm. like what, what was that? How did you engage them other than just, you had great, great ideas? That is one thing that I, I don't want to say I regret, but I, I feel like, I don't want to say I lost that audience because I definitely still have um, a lot of those people from the rom-coms commenting on my new videos, but I had such a close-knit group of people following me that I knew who everyone was when they commented and I respond to every single person. So when it got to where it was so many people, they kind of just started getting lost in the flood and I couldn't respond to comments anymore. Oh yeah. I would say that's the only negative part about it is building a relationship and interacting so closely with every um, viewer is very hard. Yeah. It, well, and, and you're maybe, I mean, there's probably a lesson right there, just that, um, you know, this was, this was able to make you money, but you had to change how you went about doing it. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, I, I feel like everybody I talk to wants to talk about a tribe and, and a, a community that you're building and, you have it's just a different one than right. than the the OG group. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have a team that helps you with all of this. You know, I don't. Um, well, okay, so I will say a lot of the videos I did after the teacher started going viral were suggestions from viewers. So that uh, was one thing. Okay, is I had like a year's worth of suggestions, and I was like, great. I'll oh my gosh, it. it was awesome. Um, and then of course my mom, I got suggestions from her cause she was a teacher, but as far as like brainstorming and sitting and writing with people, I don't have a team behind me besides myself for my videos. Um, besides the ones I've posted recently with my friend, Ricky Boynton, who's the superintendent in my videos now. Yeah. We're yeah. Starting to collaborate more. Okay. Okay. And, um, the videos that you did in the past with, um, was it Mark was the guy's name who's across the fence. That is, yep. that, that is the, the April fool sketch. That is by far so good. my favorite. Mark but, Kendall uh, and Billy Worley, they're incredible. Huh. They have a production company called Cool, Cool, Cool Productions. But <laughs> um, that video, I am not kidding you. I posted it on YouTube and the, you saw it. So the quality of it is amazing. Yeah. A lot of people were commenting, oh, this looks a lot like WandaVision, which don't judge. I have not seen WandaVision, but apparently <laughs> it's really good. And so with in less than a year, that video hit over 14 million views on YouTube. And I, I told them, I said, you guys, we got to like figure something out. We got to keep doing this. So we are now all working. They're helping me write a teacher series, a long form teacher series for YouTube that we're going to hopefully in the next several months film. They have access to a school. And then I can start doing long form teacher series. Isn't that great? Oh man, I didn't know we were going to get industry intel here about. What I know, and no one knows that. So breaking news. Yep, that's. Um, 
I'm basically the Drudge Report of the Atlanta um, acting scene. Yeah. Um, so, so okay, one more thing about the team, though, because um, I feel like, uh, you know, the, like, I don't know how monetization really works with, uh, you know, some of the social media sites, but you, you've got, you know, you've got that you've got planning out your work the there's there's the shooting and scripting is is it really just you is there is there no other besides other actors that you're sort of pinging ideas with that might be in some of the videos is it really just you yeah um yeah as far as the videos again for the most part besides the ones i just posted with ricky um it's just me it's just me uh, unless it's a suggestion from a viewer, it's something I come up with. Yeah. I get in a wig, I improvise for about twenty minutes, and then I cut and edit and post. And okay, and I I do have a social media agent that helps me get ads. So I will say that's been helpful. Okay, okay, I feel a little better about that then. Um, yeah. Oh, that's... I I could not make a living just off my video pay. It's it's also based off of brand campaigns and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so, so I guess, uh, maybe, maybe this is related, maybe it's not, but you know, I, I've, uh, I've, I've worked with you. Um, obviously I have not acted with you, but I've, you know, you and I have been on projects together and you're, um, you're very gracious about how you, uh, you know, sort of interact with the client and with, you know, how you worked with me in the room. And I don't want to, you know, that this is Porsche's uh, sort of uh, special thing. And I don't want to say too much about their project because they've right. come up with a really clever thing where they're making use of of you and dad's garage. Um, but, you know, I, I sensed that improv and the, the ethos around improv was part of what you brought to the room that made you so easy to work with. So I, I don't know if I like I, I guess I wanted to just sort of turn it over to you to talk about, you know, what 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 is it that the the improv way of being uh sort of brings to the workplace if i could throw it to you like that maybe um i would say creativity for sure is mm. one of them um you know we teach an improv to yes and every idea yeah so, i knew that was going to come up yeah you knew it improvisers going to talk about yes and but i you know and I still struggle with this just because sometimes I'll have ideas and I think to myself, oh, that'll never work or that's not funny enough or no one's going to like that. But, you know, something that I do is I try and write down every idea that I have. And there might be one that I, I wrote months ago that I'm like, I don't think that's going to be good. And then I just give it a shot and I try it and it might stick to the wall and it may not. But huh. I tell myself you have, it's okay. Like you have to keep going. So that's one thing with improv, um, that every idea can be yes. And it, even if it doesn't start great, it can end yeah. up being great. So yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me. And and that really ties into what you said before, because you know, the, the, the rom-coms and, and everything that came after it, the spoofs and, and then eventually the teacher thing. Um, mm -hmm. but you're the whole time you're saying, yeah, let me, let me see what I can do here. Let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. Absolutely. Um, and that's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead, please, please. Well, I was going to say that's, that's a big thing about if anyone ever wanted to get into this industry about finding your niche is just throw things at the wall, just film anything that you want to film, have fun with it. And eventually you will find your audience. And that's what happened with me. Yeah. And then I just rode that train. So that that's something that people like 
Mike, my co-host and I have uh, actually talked about a lot is, you know, we, we want to find our niche, right? Every, you know, we, we work with a lot of car dealerships. Every car dealership wants to have, you know, niches. Their, their salespeople and their service advisors probably ought to have niches of customers that just get them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it's that much different. And I, I think the other thing you said there that's a big deal for the workplace is iterating. Like you just kept trying things and and mm -hmm. took little steps and it didn't have to be this big production. I'm going to wait until I get it perfect. And then I'm going to launch this marketing campaign. Just go try something and see what happens. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. great. You can't judge your idea before it gets put on paper. You just can't. You just got to try it. You can't judge the idea. You've just got to try it. Yeah. Right. Um, one last thing uh, before I wrap this up and ask you to tell us your contact information so people can follow you that aren't familiar with you. Um, you've kind of already hit on it a little bit, which was write every out uh, every idea down on paper. Okay. Uh, don't say no to anything. Give it a shot. Um, are there any other things that are sort of like daily habits or or weekly or monthly habits that are a part of how you have gone to market, if I can say it that way? Um, so that is definitely one of them is, you know, any idea you get, just write it down, jot it down. The other one is staying consistent, um, mm. especially with, with what I do. Um, it can be tough to be consistent, but, you know, just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to do two or three videos this week and you can film them all in one day and then, you know, have them backlogged and post them throughout the week, but staying consistent and not getting discouraged so um i know at least with this industry that i'm in there could be a video that has maybe ten thousand views which sounds like a lot but with a, as many followers as i have it's not uh -huh. and so i have to tell myself that's okay i'm gonna keep posting i'm gonna do it again tomorrow because right. that's what i do and you have the other thing is staying true to yourself because there have been times where I'm like, okay, let me just do this video that I know is going to get views. Let me just do this trend that's going around. But then I rewind and tell myself I'm doing this to do things that I love and mm -hmm. I have created a voice and I'm going to stay true to that voice. And so even if they don't hit, even if you get discouraged, you just have to keep going. So uh, that's, that's really interesting because, you know, at the same time that you're trying to be consistent about saying yes and writing it down you're also being consistent about okay it's got to be real it's got to be authentic to to what would you know turn my crank right. so so that's the i guess that's the the and part of the yes right like you wrote it down and as you yep. think about it you're like wait a minute that's not that because that would be not true to me but and and I, I'm trying to use your language, but you yeah, know, yes, no, no, no. there's a version of that that would work. So exactly. Okay. That's yeah, really, really interesting. A, it is interesting. And a good example is there are a lot of videos that work well on YouTube where a character is very, in my people in social media that are in my same realm, they're very exaggerated and that's great. Yeah. And I, I've found that viewers have told me I play it very genuine where it doesn't seem like I'm making fun of somebody. And there's so many times where I'm like, oh, but what if I do exaggerate it? But I, I appreciate that I've created a voice where I can stay genuine to the character. And so that's just something 
that I have to tell myself is no, I'm going to stay true to this. That's I I agree with that. (laughs) I agree with that because it, and the camera is so close to you. You know, it's, it seems much more, you know, intimate than Mm. a a lot of YouTube videos, especially like um, my wife is sick of me watching dank meme uh, like master edits on YouTube, like, you know, like vines of yesteryear and I'll, I'll watch, you know, like 30 minutes of vines, but, um, but like the ones that are really good are more like that. The ones that are super exaggerated, they better be like all the way exaggerated. If they're not, it's, it, it's looks fake. It looks fake. Exactly. If it's an, or it could be seen as offensive, like you have, it's a really weird, like thin line. You gotta be careful. yeah. 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 It's well said. There's a, there's a guy that, uh, he, it's just him in a in a kitchen and he pours out cereal into a bowl, but it's lemons. And and then they just shut they they just do a close-up of his face and he's you know, just the goofy looking guy with scraggly hair and he goes, Well, if life gives you lemons, and that's it. Like that's you know, he just says that. He doesn't go crazy or anything. And then they play the Thomas the Tank Engine closing music while his head rotates around in a circle. The end. You know, it's like 10 seconds of genius. And it has 30 million views. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like so, so good that it's been copied onto these edits that I watched. Anyway. Um, okay. So Karen Cass, thank you so much. Um, so I know your TikTok handle is one word, Karen Cass with six S's. Six S's. Yeah. I counted them. I counted them. Oh, yeah. Um, Instagram, it's Karen D as in dog Cass with three s's karen d cast three s's yeah i wanted to make it really confusing for people well but i'll you kept it multiples of three and i think that's what's important okay yeah um so uh is is there any other way that uh i know you're in the middle of a show right now but it's probably going to be off uh off stage by the time this airs but um anything that you want to uh talk about that's coming up that people might be able to find you at um well i also am on youtube with the same screen name as instagram which is karen decas okay with three um, s's three s's s's. okay um and i will say there's something coming up at dad's garage that we have not announced yet that i am going to be a part of so i would say stay tuned to dazgarage.com because i'm going to be a part of a production that's going to open in september oh that is very exciting yeah Mm-hmm. very cool okay um well i'm gonna let that be the last word i'm tickled to death that we could arrange this and uh i uh hope everybody on my uh, uh feed here goes out and finds you and and uh enjoys your comedy it's just hysterical just thank hysterical. you so much this was so fun mark thank you yeah well you're awesome all right we have a uh we have a professional voiceover artist who recorded our outro so um i'm gonna shut up and let him talk now And that's a wrap. It doesn't take a genius. The blog dedicated to reducing the irreducible. Next time, prime numbers. What makes them so special? Join us then, and thanks for listening.